Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. Well, after King Cyrus of Persia decreed that the Israelites living in Babylonia should return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, which we discussed in our last episode, the first group makes the journey home, led by a man named Zerubbabel. After some initial success in rebuilding the altar of the temple and beginning to build the rest of the structure, the local Samaritans in the area begin to harass the Jews and complain to the new king of Persia that the Jews will become too strong if they are allowed to continue to fortify the area. Since King Cyrus is no longer around, the king who received the revelation from God to rebuild the temple, the new king hears the complaints of the Samaritans and commands the Jews to stop construction for a period of time. Years later, King Darius reconsiders, and at the urging of the Jewish prophets and leaders in Jerusalem, recommissions the building of the temple, at which point it is completed and dedicated. More years then pass, and now Artaxerxes is king of the Persian Empire. Ezra, quote, a ready scribe in the law of Moses, then convinces the new king to allow him to lead another group of Jews to return to Jerusalem. Artaxerxes commissions Ezra to teach the law of Moses to all the people of Jerusalem and to essentially reestablish formally the religion of the Israelites in Jerusalem by setting up a system of judges to oversee the people again. Quote, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. End quote. Well, when Ezra gets to Jerusalem, things are a bit of a mess. He finds out that the children of Israel have been intermarrying with non-Jews who have led the people to begin worshiping idols and committing other sins in the sight of the Lord. So Ezra spends the next period of time cleaning up the situation and getting the people of Israel back onto solid footing with the Lord. Well, back in Persia, a cupbearer to the king named Nehemiah hears how the Jews are suffering in Jerusalem because the walls of the city had been torn down. He asked King Artaxerxes to allow him to travel to Jerusalem to lead the people in rebuilding the walls of the city, which the king grants. When the enemies of the Jews begin to threaten the people as they begin rebuilding the walls, Nehemiah arms the laborers so they can protect themselves as they work. So as the people continue to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, Nehemiah hears of a new complaint from some of the people. As it turns out, many of the people of Israel had been forced to take out so much debt from their wealthier Israelite cousins living in the area just to survive and be able to feed their families that they now felt like they were owned by their brethren. Quote, Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children, and lo, we bring into bondage our sons and our daughters to be servants, and some of our daughters are brought unto bondage already. Neither is it in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards. End quote. So a generational wealth gap was emerging within the Jewish community, resulting in the lower class being in so much debt to the upper class that there was no chance of even their children ever escaping it. Nehemiah, upon hearing this, then writes, quote, And I was very angry when I heard their cry in these words. Then I consulted with myself. And I rebuked the nobles and the rulers and said unto them, Ye exact usury, every one of his brother. And I set a great assembly against them. End quote. 
Nehemiah convinces the upper class to release their fellow Israelites from the financial bondage, and they're able to get back to the important work of rebuilding their society. All right. Now here's the lesson that I think we can learn from Nehemiah in this story. When he first heard the account of the poor Jews who were indebted to their wealthier brothers, he got really upset. Quote, and I was very angry when I heard their cry and these words. He had a knee-jerk reaction to the emotional pleas that the people were telling him. But he didn't immediately storm the houses of the wealthy Jews and take out his anger on them. Quote, then I consulted with myself. He took some time to collect his thoughts, evaluate the situation, and come up with a plan on how to talk to the moneylenders. He probably tried to understand what was going on in their minds, where they were coming from. They probably thought they were helping their brethren by loaning them money to buy food for their families. It was only after Nehemiah reflected on the situation and consulted with himself that he then went to the wealthy Jews and rebuked them. Quote, and I said unto them, we, after our ability, have redeemed our brethren, the Jews, which were sold unto the heathen. And will ye even sell your brethren? Or shall they be sold unto us? Then held they their peace and found nothing to answer. End quote. In short, Nehemiah reacted to the situation like any person might. He had an emotional, visceral reaction when he heard the injustice being done to some of his people. But he had the emotional intelligence to recognize this in himself. And he took a minute to pause, reflect, consult with himself, and come up with a productive way of addressing the situation. In short, while he reacted like any person might, he acted like a disciple of Christ and allowed the Spirit of God to help him think through the situation before confronting it. While he may have been quick to anger, which you and I can probably relate to, he was intentional and methodical in his eventual response to the situation. As you and I strive to accept our Savior's invitation to come and follow him, let's remember how Nehemiah and our Christ himself responded to situations. While we may not be able to control our initial reaction to certain situations, whether it be with our family, our work, our church, or our friends, we can strive to control our response to the situation. Let's remember to take a minute to consult with ourselves and with the Spirit of God before responding to sensitive situations. Let's remember to seek to understand all sides of a situation. And most of all, let's remember that regardless of the challenging situations that we may encounter, everyone involved is a special son or daughter of God. And so let's treat them and love them like he would. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time.